0: Praise God. If you could turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Another big congratulations to, uh, to, um, to, to, to Stanley and his family. Isn't that amazing? Stanley received a Jesus here at Thrive uh, back in October. His sister just received Jesus in Hong Kong uh, just, yesterday, just yesterday, last night. I, I remember uh, talk, talking to her sister uh, just a couple weeks ago when she was here visiting Thrive. And we said, oh, it would be awesome if you get, get together with a good church in Hong Kong. It's just amazing to hear that news. Amazing news. God is working here at Thrive. If you believe that, say Amen amazing news of that and uh, we are so blessed to be celebrating all these great things together this morning i just want to end off our service with a very simple but i hope a helpful message for all of you here my time is very very short so we're going to see how far we get this morning uh today i want to talk to you uh as we are starting to wrap up a series here at thrive it's called the call everyone say the call and what is the call? See, the call is a series that's about following Jesus. It's about what does it mean to follow Jesus? Lots of misconceptions out there about what it means to follow Jesus. Does it mean that I have to leave my work and go to a third world country and help children there? Does it mean that you know, I'm not allowed to talk to my friends anymore? I have to change my, my, all of my relationships? What does it mean? And so in this series called The Call, we've been kind of breaking down some of those misconceptions. It's because we absolutely believe that there is a call on your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a call for your life. God has a call for your life. In other words, what is a call? A call is an invitation from God to live your life for a purpose that's bigger than yourself. Let me say it again. God's call on your life is God's invitation for you to live your life for a purpose that's not just about your happiness, it's not just about your comfort, it's not just about your dreams and your agenda, but it's about living life for a purpose bigger than yourself. And all of a sudden, ironically, when we step into that call to live our lives for something that's bigger than just you and me, all of a sudden we discover what it makes what it means to really be happy. Amen. When we seek God's kingdom first, somehow we find ourselves in the process, and today I want to talk to you about something very important about the call that is on your lives. See, today we're going to learn something about Jesus, we're going to learn something about what it means to follow him, and if you allow this message this morning to really sink into your life, I think it's going to increase your appreciation for who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. I think it's going to also embolden you to follow Jesus and be a better follower of him. The message I want to share with you today is called Stunt Double stunt double? Can everyone say stunt double? See, see, what is a stunt double? See, in Vancouver, there is a growing film industry, and you will see different movies, different TV shows being filmed at different sites here in Vancouver, all over the greater Vancouver region, and you're gonna find sometimes you're gonna meet some stunt doubles. Have you ever met a stunt double before? See, what is a stunt double? See, sometimes, especially in action films, There will be a screenplay, a script that will call for an actor to do something that is really risky or really dangerous or really difficult. And so instead of getting that actor or that actress to do that really dangerous, difficult, hard thing, they will ask a stunt double to do it for them. And see, the stunt double will dress up just like that actor, that stunt double will stand in the place of that actor, and that stunt double will do all the dangerous, difficult, hard things that that actor was supposed to do, but was maybe not able to do, whether it's maybe jumping out of a plane, or riding a motorcycle at like 100 miles an hour, or scaling a high cliff, or or dancing a dance that he can't dance. You know, Those are all situations where producers of films will call for a stunt double. And what the stunt double often do is they will risk their life in an effort to make it look like it was the actor who did that hard thing all along does that make sense that is what a stunt double is and see being a stunt double can be incredibly dangerous work some people have lost limbs some people have even lost their lives being stunt doubles and it's also relatively thankless work it's because you as the stunt double do all the hard work and then someone else gets the glory that's that, that's 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 the way it is with being a stunt and, and I'm not sure if you've met stunt doubles before And so I want to show you some pictures of some famous actors and actresses with their stunt doubles Is that okay? Can I just show you a few? You'll, you'll recognize I think a lot of these faces. Let's start with this one right here This is Johnny Depp, okay? Pirates of the Caribbean right? Uh, And his stunt double, they look a lot alike, but you can tell that's Johnny Depp right there, and there is a stunt double. Let's see another one. This one is uh, from the movie Thor, the Thor series. You got Christian, or Chris Hemsworth. Okay, which one do you think it is? It's the one on the my, on my right, on my right, on my right. And this is his stunt double. They look a lot alike, if you, I, I, I wouldn't mind saying. And the next one here, let's see this next one. Okay, this one is from Jurassic uh, Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom. Okay, we've got Chris Pratt and his stunt double. He doesn't have a mustache, but I guess they're not filming his face. Um, and then we've got Anna Faris with her stunt double as well, both looking a lot alike. Next one here, this one's really interesting. This one is Jennifer Lopez, j with her stunt double And in case you're not sure, this stunt double is actually male. The stunt double is a man in this case. And just dressed up just like J-Lo to do a stunt that she could not do herself. Let's look at another one. This is Bruce Willis with his stunt double, all right? Okay, I don't, I don't know what film that was, but that's his stunt double. Another one, back to the Avengers again, there's, you've got Chris Evans as, you know, Captain America, and then you've got his stunt double, whose name, I don't know. Another one here is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Any Dwayne The Rock Johnson fans, okay? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, here he is with his cousin, uh, who's also his stunt double for the past 17 years, uh, and they work a lot together. Finally, there's Mark Wahlberg and his stunt double, who doesn't look anything like him. But they're dressed up the same. Now, wh- why am I showing you all these pictures of stunt doubles? See, so, you know, I-, I thought to myself, man, you know, it would be cool, wouldn't it, if just for fun, uh, that your pastor could have a stunt double? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, if-, if I got someone to dress in my clothes and, you know, have my style of hair and, you will come up to the stage and maybe grab their Bible and lead you in going, this is my Bible. It is God's word. And then, you know, as I was kind of planning for that and-, and-, and all that, all of a sudden last night, late last night, I, I sensed the Holy Spirit say to me, JB, you don't need a stunt double. Um, You don't need a stunt double to do the things that you easily do all the time. You need a stunt double to do the things that you can never do. Amen. Amen. See, that's what the purpose of stunt double is. The purpose of stunt double is not something to look like you and do things that you can do, but the purpose of a stunt double is to do things on your behalf and in your place, looking like you, that you could never do. That's what a stunt double is. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a stunt double. And why am I talking about all this today? Because I'm here to tell you today is that in Jesus Christ, you have a stunt double is that in Jesus Christ, you have the greatest stunt double of all time. See, when we were lost and away from God, when each of us had turned to his own way, the Bible says that Jesus came, and like a stunt double, he sat in our place. He looked just like us. He pleased the Son of God from heaven, and yet he put on human flesh and bone, dressed up just like us. And whereas the Bible says we are like sheep who've gone astray, Jesus lived a life and did things that we could could not do. He lived a life that met all of God's requirements. He obeyed God in every single way, whereas we would always fail. And not only did he do that, but he died on the cross in our place. Something that you would not want to do, something I wouldn't want to do, he did for us. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. Jesus took our punishment on our behalf. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for us. He did it so that you could get all the benefit and all the glory of a relationship with God. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Jesus is your stunt double. And see, Jesus didn't just risk his life. He gave his life. He gave his life for you and for me. Aren't you glad that you have got the greatest stunt double of all time in Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got the greatest stunt double. Can you tell them right now? you got the greatest stunned double. And where do I get all this from? Am I just making things, these things up? Well, look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse four to six with me today. Isaiah chapter 53, verse four to six. Would you read it with me in a big loud voice? One, two, three, it says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped So we could be healed, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, and yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. See, what is it saying? It's saying that 700 years before Jesus even lived and stepped on this earth, there was a prophet 700 years before called Isaiah who wrote these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, predicting that one day there will be a man sent from God who would suffer for our sins and die in our place, is that he will be pierced for our rebellion. The punishment that brought us peace will be upon him. And see, here's the thing. It shows you that Jesus is your stunt double. Amen. Jesus did things on your behalf and in your place that you and I could not do. And if you have a stunt double, what does that mean? It means that you're important. Amen. Amen. I I was a little bit kind of like, a little bit humbled when when the Holy Spirit said, no, you don't need a stunt double. It means I'm not important. No, the fact is this. You have a stunt double and so do I. His name is Jesus. And see, only important people have stunt doubles. Amen? Because if, 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 if people didn't care whether you perished in that difficult thing that you're doing, they wouldn't provide another one to take your place. And the fact is Jesus was the one that God provided. He gave you a stunt double, which means that in God's eyes, you have significance. It means that you matter to God. Turn your and say, you matter to God. It means, I'll even tell it to you this way, it means that you are a star in God's eyes that's worth protecting that he would rather that his son go through all that difficult work for you so that you wouldn't have to, so that you could go on to do great things for God. That's the way God sees you. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Tell your neighbor and give him a high five and say, you're a star in God's eyes and my eyes. Can you tell them right now? You're a star in God's eyes and my eyes. And so that's the lesson here, is that if you've ever questioned your worth, if you've ever thought my life doesn't matter, if you ever thought I am toothless and useless, if you ever thought that before, then you got to know this today, is that you matter to God. God loves you. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now, because you are greatly loved by God. Now, if Jesus is your son, double... What does that mean as well? Well, it means this. Since Jesus is your stunt double, write this down. Let Jesus do what you cannot do yourself. Let Jesus do what you cannot do yourself. See, the reason why Jesus came to be your stunt double is because in the story that God is writing with your life, there will be things that the story will call you to do that you cannot do yourself. In the story, the screenplay that God is writing in your life, there will be things that God is calling you to do in that story that you have no ability to do by yourself. The Christian life is not just hard. Without God, it's impossible. And see, here's the thing I want to tell you today is for those of you who are into film, let me put it this way. In the screenplay called Your Destiny, God, your director, God, your screenplay writer, has written some impossible stunts that you cannot do on your own. And the most impossible stunt of them all is to get to heaven by yourself. You cannot do that by yourself. See, God is way too holy, and we are way too unholy to ever be a match made in heaven, so to speak. See, if you think that you can get to heaven by yourself on your own merit, then either one of two things is happening. Either your, your, your view of God is way too small, or your view of yourself is way too big see, one of those two things is happening, because the fact is this, you cannot meet God's requirements on your own. If you think you can, then you are deluded, and so am I. You cannot die for your own sins and rise again to go to heaven, but Jesus could, and Jesus did, and he did it for you. Amen. Romans 3, 23, 24 says it this way. Read it with me in a big loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. See, that's what the gospel is all about. Jesus did what we could not do. When we were far away from God and had no way of reaching him, God reached for us and sent Jesus Christ to do what he, that what we could not do. He died on the cross for our sins. He met all of God's requirements, and he gave us all the credit, just like the most amazing stunt person does. And see, you and I need to make a choice, is that will I let Jesus do what I cannot do myself, Or am I going to insist on doing what God has already said I cannot do on my own? You have to make a choice. Am I going to trust in my stuntman Jesus or am I going to trust in my own ideas, my own ability, my own power, and my own merit? You know, when I used to live in Toronto, I used to work out at a gym where from time to time, I'd meet some very interesting people. I lived on campus at York University, and there was an indoor track with a workout center right there. It was really, really old, really, really simple, um, and I paid just very, it was the cheapest gym on the campus, and that's why I went there. And, but for some reason, I would meet some very interesting people at that workout room. Like, I I met Ben Johnson. Do you guys know Ben Johnson? Ben Johnson was an Olympic sprinter who, back in 1988, in the Seoul Olympics, he actually won the gold medal in the 100-meter sprint. But then, months later, he, it was found out that he was taking steroids, and so he had that gold medal stripped from him. He was at that gym. And uh, I remember, you know, I, I met him, and the first thing he said to me was, Hey, you're Chinese, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm Chinese. Oh, yeah, I, I like Chinese girls. Can you introduce some Chinese girls to me? I'm like, let me think about that one, right? And it's, it's just a really interesting guy, really interesting guy. And then, you know, there's another guy who was a Buddhist, And, you know, young guys studying at the school as well. And, uh, you know, and and he said this. He he started talking to me when he found out I was a Christian. He said, you know, I really appreciate Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. And uh, oh, you know the, the sermon that we're you know the very the very famous sermon that Jesus talks about. You know when when someone strikes you on one cheek, you give them the other as well. You know, or you know if 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 you it's not just those who commit adultery that sin, but even if you look at a woman lustfully, that is already sin. That is already adultery. It's these hugely high standards. And and he asked me, you know, what do you think about the Sermon of the Mount? And while I said, to well, I, I, I know what the sermon you're talking about, and I think one of the biggest goals, if not the biggest goal, that Jesus has in preaching the Sermon of the Mount is to show just how high God's standards are, how high his standards are, and that no matter how hard we try, we will never be able to perfectly meet all those standards, and that's why we need a Savior. You know what his response to me was? He said, no, I disagree. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And I didn't say it to him right there and then, but I thought in my heart, really? Have you read the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount says, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I thought to myself, he thinks he can do that? See, that's the thing. A lot of people think that they can do it. You know, in fact, like he was almost almost like saying this in, in this way. You know, he said, I can do my own stunts. I don't need some stunt double to do it. I can do it. And see, a lot of people, whether they admit it or know it or not, have that kind of mentality when it comes to God and heaven. Is that when you ask them about heaven, you know, and do you think you're going to go to heaven? So often, this is the great majority of people that I find in our city, the great majority of them will start giving you their resume for why, you, they, why they think they should go to heaven. You know, uh, for example, I, just, uh, I was speaking last week with uh, uh, one woman who is uh, you know, battling late-stage cancer right now. And we started talking about heaven. And you know, she said, oh, yes, you know, I believe I'm going to heaven because I've spent so much time helping young people. You know, I, I've spent so much of my time, like, you know, she, she's a lawyer, and, and, she, and, and but she spent a lot of time, she says, helping young people. And so I think, you know, God would look at me and, and see all the good things that I did, and, you know, he'll let me into heaven. And then I started to- telling her about Jesus in the Bible, what the Bible actually says about heaven, and our inability to get there on our own, how for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we have no way of reaching it by ourselves, but how because God loved us, didn't want us to be apart from him, he sent Jesus Christ to be our savior, and so that we wouldn't have to earn our way to heaven, because we never could, instead he's given us a stunt double, someone to stand in our place, to die on the cross for our sins, to fulfill all of God's requirements, so that by trusting, not in ourselves, but in Jesus, we would have a Way to him. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place. That is what Jesus has done for you and for me. And you know, when she heard that, just a few minutes later, she received Jesus Christ into her life. And so we're just so thankful for that. But see, what was it? She had to make a choice. Am I going to trust in my own ability to get myself to this place where God already says in His Word, I cannot go by myself? Or I'm going to trust Jesus, my stunt double, to do it for me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it this way. Read it in a loud voice. When we went to it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's a question for you today. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you opened up your heart to Jesus? Just like when Stanley, he, one, one day in a service back in October 2017, he just you know, we, we gave an invitation for anyone to just receive Jesus, and he raised his hand and said, I want to receive him you know, in, in the midst of a crowd. I didn't know he was doing that on that day. I didn't even meet him on that day. But then on that day, he opened up his heart and said, Jesus, come into my life. What I was doing, he doing? He was making a choice. I'm, I'm going to stop depending on myself. I'm going to start depending on Jesus. He was starting to depend on his stunt double. I want you to write this down. To follow Jesus means to let Jesus do on your behalf what you can't do on your own. To follow Jesus means to, do, to, to let Jesus do on your behalf what you cannot do on your own. And just in case you think this is just having to do with salvation and being forgiven of your sins, you're wrong. See, I'm a, I find this, the older I get and I'm still pretty young, praise God. I'm always forever 28, right? But the thing is this, is that the older I get, the more I realize these two things. One is how little I can actually do, with, do by myself. Two is that when I try to do things my way, it usually blows up in my face. When I try to let my stuntman, Jesus, do it for me, it always turns out better. If you believe it, say amen. Let me give you one really quick example before I close this morning. See, a few weeks ago, If you were here at Thrive Church, you will have noticed that we were dealing with a very interesting issue. Do you know what it was? Is that uh, outside on the walkway coming toward our building here, there was a baby seagull that could not fly. And that would be walking the walkway right in front of our building. And Daddy Seagull and Mama Seagull were doing everything they possibly could to tell people, get out of my baby's way. And, you know, I couldn't, I, I don't, you know, I can't interpret tongues, but if I were to interpret their tongue, it'd be, and, and it was just, it was, and, and for days after days after days, they would be very, very aggressive. You know, we, you know, would go out and they would be, they would be dive bombing. They'd be like, and, and, and they, they would, they would even, you know, every day I would have a new paint job on my car. You know, and it was, it was always polka dot paint job you know and because you know all their all their droppings and just and they would they wouldn't just defecate on the car they would defecate they would try to defecate on us you know and i'm like oh my goodness do you know who i am and no, no, i'm kidding and, and 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 that's the thing and and, and see it was one thing that it, it really bothered me it bothered me to the point where i was like we got to do something about this it stressed me out for a few days and and it was one of those things where it's not a good feeling where i am i'm going I'm, I'm getting stressed going to work here and and I don't I don't want this to continue. And you know what? I started you know, I, I started plotting, you know, how could we get rid of these seagulls? What could I do? Could I borrow my dad's BB gun? Could I use my son's slingshot? Um is there kind of poison that we can like, kind of like feed them? And, and I, I, was, I was starting to hold, like, you know, like, come up with these, these nasty, nasty thoughts about destroying these seagulls. And, uh, and, and it was one of those things where I called the building manager. They weren't that helpful. Uh, you know, I called the SPCA. I called pest control companies. And I did some research myself only to find that seagulls are a protected species in B.C., and i started i started looking up i started looking up animal cruelty laws and realized that if i had tried any of those strategies that i was considering in in my room that i would be either fined big time or i could be locked up in prison and so i was like oh my goodness and so finally i decided to pray and i should have prayed way before have you ever done that before you think of all these solutions without god and then finally you go to god that happened before? Your pastor, I confess, did that. And I finally, I went to God, and I was like, God, what do you want us to do about this? And I did what I call the sit-down, where I just kind of give my burdens to God, something as small as I just gave to God, and I said, God, what do you want us to do? And you know what I sensed God say during that moment? Well, do you want to sense the Holy Spirit say in that moment? I sensed him say, leave them alone. <laughs> and he said one more thing. He said something, okay, one more thing. And this could actually be for you this morning. He said, this problem is like a pimple he said that this problem is like a pimple the more you mess with it the worse it's going to get and the more you mess with it the longer it's going to stay have you ever had a pimple that just you just kind of you should just let it go just leave it there but then you just uh, 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 and, you, and, you, and, and it just gets worse and worse. So that's happened to me before. And he was like, you know, leave them alone. This problem is like a pimple. If you keep on messing w- with it, it's going to get worse. If you let it go, it will resolve itself. I will deal with it. Amen. And so, you know what? I decided to, on that day, follow my stuntman, Jesus, and let him do what I couldn't do, um, which is kill the birds. I'm kidding. No, not kill the birds. See, I started to switch my focus from plotting a seagull's assassination to protecting the people in our church. All of a sudden, I started to pray more, and I get these pictures of umbrellas. And I'm like, okay, you know what? We can do this. We're not going to attack the seagulls, but we're going to protect our people. Because God knows we don't want our people to come here scared, coming to church. You know, oh no, I'm not going to go inside because look at the seagull and, and all that stuff. And, and so, so what we did, we armed all the greeters with umbrellas. And you know, every time anyone would park anywhere near our building, we'd get the greeters to run. And most of them were female. They were amazing. Like they, they would go, they would go up to the greeters and, and they'd go up to the, the the people coming in and they'd be, oh, let, let me let me help you and let me escort you in. And everyone would come underneath an umbrella and. Some people, oh, that's so romantic, oh, that's so sweet. But we're just protecting people from, you know, being defecated on. That's really what we're talking about. And, 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 and it turned out that it was one of the funnest days we've ever had at Thrive, amen? That was an amazing day where we got to, you know, do something that we don't normally do, and no one was hurt. The seagulls weren't hurt, and praise God, just a couple days later, they went away. Come on, give God a big, big hand for that. Praise God. And you know, I learned something from that sister it's funny how sometimes God can allow a problem in your life not because he's cruel not because he doesn't care but he just wants to teach you something and I learned something about life and problems and you know what it is can I tell you what it is I learned on that day that there's really two types of problems in our lives some problems are like pimples where you leave it alone and God will deal with it and it'll go away more quickly in that case, the, the obedient, God-honoring, Christ-following to do is just to leave it alone and trust that God will work it out. Treat it like a pimple. Leave it alone. Some problems are not pimples. Some problems are like cancers, where if you don't do anything about it, it could eventually do some serious damage. It could even kill you. And in that case, the obedient, God-honoring, Christ-following thing to do is to ask God for wisdom on what to do and boldly, courageously do something about it. If you believe it, say Amen. And that's, that's, and you need to ask God, with the problem that you're facing right now, which one is it? Is it a pimple or is it a cancer? Is it a pimple where I have to just leave it alone and let God deal with it? Or is it a cancer where, with God's help, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Amen. And that's one of the questions that you may need to ask yourself today. Is the problem that I'm facing today a pimple or a cancer? See, may God give you discernment on that. But here's a question for you today. What is one situation in your life where you are tempted to take matters into your own hands when in fact God is asking you to trust him to do it his way? What is one situation in your life right now where you are so tempted to grab a BB gun and do it yourself Oh, whereas Jesus Christ, your stunt man, your stunt double is saying, let me handle this for you. See, maybe today you're facing an issue that's beyond your ability to control right now. Maybe it's an issue with your health or the health of someone you love. Maybe it's a, 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 a strained relationship that you're dealing with right now. Maybe it's an uncertainty in your future, and you're just trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? Can I give you four clues this morning that you may be dealing with this issue in the wrong way, which is in your own strength? instead of trusting in God. Really, really quick, as we end today, four clues that you're dealing with an issue in your own strength instead of trusting in God. These are four clues that maybe you're dealing with the situation in the wrong way. Number one is this, you have no peace about it. When you are trying to deal with something in your own wisdom and in your own strength, not trusting Jesus to do what you can't do, then you're gonna find this, something happens in your heart, there's no peace. You find that you're just worried all the time, you're stressed all the time, you're anxious all the time. And see, that's one clue that you're dealing with an issue in your own strength instead of trusting God. Number two is that you're buying short-term relief at the cost of long-term pain. Is that what you're thinking about is a short-term solution. But if you go with a short-term solution, it might make things better for a moment— but it's actually going to hurt you for the long term. If that's you, then that's a good clue that you are trying to do things in your own strength instead of trusting God. Are you doing that today? Number three, you're not praying to God and you're not asking for godly advice. In fact, you're just kind of doing what I did at the very beginning, just trying to think of your own ways to figure things out. You're not praying, you're not asking people for help, but you're just kind of doing things yourself. That could be a clue that you are dealing with the situation in your own strength instead of trusting God. Number four, lastly, is that you compromise your relationship with God in order to do things your way. In other words, so that you can figure things out yourself, you kind of push God to the side. I don't have time for God right now. I don't, I don't care what God's word says about this. I need to figure it out this way. Very often we know we're doing number four when what happens, we think there's no choice. I've got no other option. I know God says do it this way. That, that's not even an option. I've got no other option except to do it this way. I've got no other option except to be get, that, get that BB gun. That's my only choice. And see, if you're doing that today, that could be a clue that you are trusting in yourself instead of depending on your stunt double called Jesus Christ. Look at John 15, 5 to 7 today. Are you doing any of those clues? Well, let me give you a last verse for today to think about. John 15, 5 to 7. Could you read it with me in loud voice? One, two, three, it says... I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Keep on going. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Keep on going. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Go back to verse 5. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is so very important. See, your life was made to be like a tree that is rooted in Jesus Christ. That's the way God made it to be, is that life is not full until you are planted in Jesus Christ, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Until that time, you're going to feel there's an emptiness and a void in your life. And see, when you're rooted in Jesus, when you're trusting in Jesus, when you're following Jesus, when you're letting him do what you cannot do yourself, the Bible says when you remain in him, you will bear much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. Amen. Apart from him, you can do nothing. If you keep on trying to do things apart from him, you're not going to get anything done. If you keep on trying to do things apart from him, your life will be like one of those trees that's getting burned up right now in the wildfires that are happening in B.C., is that you're just gonna you're not, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything. And in fact, you're just going to be extremely frustrated, and you're going to crumple in the midst of the pressure. Could it be that the reason why you are so frustrated with life today, could it be the reason why you're so stressed about that situation today, could it be that things are not happening the way you hope it to be today, is because you're trying to do something in your own strength, when what God is trying to get your attention on is stop doing it in your own strength. Do it my way. Amen. Is that do it with me in mind? Do it and let me do it for you. Trust in your stuntman. His name is Jesus. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Give him a shout as well. Come on. <laughs> See, instead of trying to figure it out all yourself, instead of worrying so much, stressing out so much, complaining, being bitter, blaming others, let Jesus do what you cannot do. Let Jesus do. What you cannot do, let Jesus be your stunt double. Let Jesus work it out. Would you stand with me this morning? We're just going to end off our service this morning with a chance to pray with you and for you. Has this been helpful for some of you in this place this morning? I said, "Has this been helpful for you in this place this morning?" Praise God! Praise God! You could respond a little bit more, church. Going to respond a little bit more. There's not one way; it's two ways. Today we learned that since Jesus is your stunt double, you don't need to rely on yourself. In fact, you shouldn't. Let Jesus be your stunt man and let him do only the things that he can do. So would you turn your neighbors, give them a high five and say, let Jesus do what you can't do. Can you tell them that right now? Let Jesus do what you can't do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. Maybe you're here today and this is your first time here at Thrive. Maybe you're here today and this is the first time you ever heard that God loves you so much so that he sent Jesus Christ on the cross for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door and he knocks, and if anyone would hear hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in and have a relationship with him. And if that's you and you've never opened up your heart to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, you realize that he is the stunt double that God provided for you to do what you cannot do, then I'm going to invite you to raise your hand to heaven on the count of three, and we're just going to pray with you and for you believing that god hears our prayers that he loves you and that he's making this moment especially for you so on the count of three would you raise your hand to heaven and uh, we're going to pray with you and for you right now if you need jesus in this place you want to receive him into your life you why just raise your hand on the count of one two three just raise your hand today just raise your hand today. don't worry about what your neighbor's doing you just raise your hand today praise god just raise your hand today don't worry about what your neighbor's doing you just raise your hand to god Raise it high to heaven. Let the height of your hands, let the height of your hand reflect just your desire for God in this place this morning. I want you to lift up your hand to heaven, and I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, "Heavenly Father, I can't hear you." Say, "Heavenly Father, I need you. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your Son, and my stunt double." to do what I cannot do, to live the life I couldn't live, to die on the cross for my sins. Today I open up my heart. I welcome you into my life. Jesus, please come. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person inside. Thank you that because of you, I have hope for tomorrow. And because of you, I'm a child of God, and the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you definitely you're not alone, we'll just raise your hand to heaven today. Praise God, praise God. Would you give God a big, big hand, big, big shout in this place together this morning?